You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. All right, so I guess if if that's it, then we could almost say this is the beginning of the show. Welcome, folks, to GSE episode 171, which is, what do they call it, a palindrome? It's the same forwards as it is backwards, much like our... Maybe we should actually release the show back to front, like they did on the old LPs, you know, so that goes backwards and... And then it says that we're going to drink your blood, you know. Turn me reverse. on, dead man. Turn me on, dead man. Turn me. On. Never mind. That's uh, the Beatles uh, stuff. That's yeah. the old Beatles stuff. That's Zeppelin too. That look. That's seventies, and I, you know every band tried that stuff. I, I mean, it's a bit of a folklore kind of story. I don't know how much is actually true or not. Uh, I certainly will not spin my records backwards to see. Um, but, it, yeah, it's just one of those things that it's either there or it's not. And I, I guess sometimes it's also, well, what do you actually hear? And if you hear it, hey, cool, it's there, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, we, well, you we, know. Better, we, we better not, though, because we might end up sounding smarter in reverse than we do talking forwards. Oh, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work out well. But I was going to say, you know, we're the same backwards and forwards, no matter which way you look at us. So, you know, take that for what you will. And I have to start out this week with an apology to one of our listeners. I actually heard from one of our listeners, Jim, and Jim, you know who I'm talking about. He actually threw up a little in his mouth as he was getting on an airplane to travel when he heard Mark start discussing his moves last week. So people will begin with, I'm sorry. um, Couldn't it have just been his his anxiety for flying that, you know, he just noted to... No, he flies a lot, no. uh, Or the TSA search maybe got to him. No, no, it was the moob thing. Okay, (laughs) It was he had this oh, picture of his of the Aussie moves and that just made him blow cat chow chunk all over. We didn't, we didn't even put that as the show uh, graphic. We should have put that as the show graphic, shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yet again for another episode. I'm sorry. Thank you, and Jim, that's a personal I'm sorry to you, and. You know, he felt so bad about the image that we had because I met him in person, or I know him in person. He actually bought me a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> and you didn't share it? I sent, part, I sent part of it to Mike. Ooh, yummy. So, well, so the Moob man didn't get any? You didn't, well, you, the cookie would have made more Moob. We didn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, but besides well, which, it was... Mike on the lips, a lifetime on the Moobs. Ah. Well, besides, it should only be stale when it got here. By the time it got across the ocean, it'd probably be petrified and become a living <laughs> sentient creature at that point. A sentient being, anyway. So, so, so enough about Mark's moves. And again, we'll just say all together now on three: one, two, three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but we'll we'll move on to we'll move on to something that's a little brighter note. I mentioned uh, last episode about getting my nerd block uh, package that I got with all the little goodies and stuff in it. We talked something about that. I got two things on this. One, I got another one over since we recorded last. I got the arcade block. And uh, the box, let's see if I can actually get to it easy enough to show Mike and Mark. You can see it online if I can twist my arm around the right way. The box actually looks like an NES. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. It even has the ports and stuff. (laughs) I had to drive the postman crazy. Yeah. So I got... I'm sorry it's making noise here right in front of my mic, but um, 
I got that, and it had... Oh, I'm going to strangle myself here. My mic cords, or my headphone cords caught. Uh, it had a bunch of cool stuff in it. There's a lot of videos online if you actually want to see the unpacking. Uh, one thing that made me think of uh, our friend Tim was the t-shirt that was in this month's box. It was Majora's Mask. It was a take on Majora's Mask for the uh, Zelda game. I couldn't think mm-hmm. of it. So that was cool. But I had a couple other things. Uh, we got... There was uh, from... Uh, Zelda, there was also a little plushie that was the uh, Prince guy from that. But I got this little fellow that will just... Mark will... Well, I think Mike will, too, will know who that is. Uh, oh. From Sonic, I know that much. Yeah. Um, um, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, it's not Sonic the Hedgehog, but... Um, yeah. No, no, no. no. It's, it's, a, the, it's the yellow dude. Yeah, yeah, yellow dude from the Sonic the Hedgehog. But my favorite thing that's driving my family absolutely crazy with this... Is this keychain? Looks like. Oh, that is awesome! Yes, that is my Pac-Man keychain. That I just, you know, when everybody's watching something on television that they really want to concentrate on, I just. <laughs> and it could become a new sound effect for our show when, when Mark starts to get on his high horse or something, we'll just right up and it'll be all gone so but i did want to throw that out there because i'm really enjoying these and i found as i was starting to look around at some of these others and i'm going to try a couple of these others folks and i'll share my impressions the arcade block was awesome it's a little expensive shipping included it was about 30 dollars so i'm gonna try i'm gonna get one more of them but that'll probably be the end of it but uh i did find one i wasn't purposely looking for the there's an adult fantasy box that you can get. Oh, that, dear. Yeah. That the was, listeners had problems with the moobs. This oh, was... Boy. And this lady was doing the unboxing of it. It had you know, ladies' undergarments in it. and It, it had a massaging device. Oh, so you want to... Yeah. Okay. Huh? I can say that. So, well, the, the garment looked like it fits you perfectly, Mark. It was a white teddy, so I think it would fit you perfectly. I, I don't want it, though, Kevin. <laughs> now, Mark, now Mike's going to have to throw up. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just thought, wow, these these boxes of things that you can get across the internet, and then I came across the one too where you can get your own personal stylist, and they'll now send you clothes every whenever you want it. That's full of clothes for you to try on. I'm going really? Okay, mail order is going a little too far these days. Yeah, I don't need I don't need a stylist. I just need somebody to cover that up. That's all we need to worry about. We, so oh, that kind of stuff. No, this that, was a stylist that, that, that you know you gave me your height, your weight, your preferences, okay. and all this other stuff. See, I thought you meant stylist. Well, this is a knife, but this is the closest <laughs> thing I could grab. I thought you meant a stylist, you know, for your screen. Oh no 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 not that kind of style. No, this was oh, okay. This was something. It's like a treasure. It's a huge box. That they were showing, and this guy was opening it up, and he had like six shirts, a pair of shoes, and all the stuff. I'm going, really, dude? It's not that bad just to order a few clothes when you need them. I mean, I don't like to go to the store, but I can pop online and order myself a couple shirts, a pair of pants, and some, uh, you know, assorted items without a whole lot of trouble. I don't need a stylist picking my colors. Well, let's see. My, uh, I don't need a stylist for blue. 
Uh-huh. I don't need a stylist because uh, blue jeans, that's my, you know, what I wear at work and what I wear normally. And the few times I actually have to dress up, well, I'm sorry, you're getting blue jeans um, <laughs> and some shirts, um, you know, just and they're usually short sleeve uh, for the most part. So, yeah, I don't need they don't I don't need a stylist to tell me that my jeans need to be blue. Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, Mark was making a funny there about pink. I actually have a pink dress shirt and pink tie I wear on a fairly regular basis. Uh, a, a pink dress? That he pink wears dress shirt. Dress. Pink <laughs> dress shirt. Oh, it's getting hotter, Andy. <laughs> Mike, are you feeling the heat? Oh, <laughs> yeah, but I hope most of it's just from my uh, heating blanket that I got wrapped around. <laughs> hey, I don't uh, mind wearing a pink shirt. It doesn't bother me. Well, when, but, when I go to give blood, they always ask what color Band-Aid I want. And I said, I'm a real man. Give me pink. Yeah. Well, I tell you one thing. If I ever, probably if I ever buy another iPod, I'm going to buy pink because nobody will take it. That's the one good thing about it. I heard, I don't know who it was. Tykes. No, they don't like pink. Oh, really? I they like other going. colors. They don't like, they like other, you know, like pastels, but they're not, they're not into the pink stuff. So nobody uh, will past- want. See, that was my same kind of philosophy when I was going to Votech. Um, we would get together at a guy's house to, you know, have a party or whatever, and I would always buy cinnamon schnapps because, A, I didn't mind the taste. Nobody else liked it, so I would nobody would be drinking my stuff. That's true. That's right. Nobody nobody takes what they don't like. Right. So, but anyway, that's uh, that that's it. I'll and I'll I'll give more updates on these different boxes as I ha- as I get them in. They're just it's kind of fun. It's like a little mini Christmas every month to get you know, and again, this stuff is nothing great. You know, it's just something fun. I open it. I share it with the kids. Everybody takes something out of the box. Everybody gets at least one thing out of the box, you know. So, and the t-shirts alone for, you know, you're getting a, they're nice quality shirts that have come in the boxes. So, yeah, big deal. It's it's just something fun to do and and have them around. Uh, this is the third or fourth different one I've gotten. So, looking forward to it. It's kind of fun, and it's that geeky goodness stuff that you have. So, you know, whatever. But speaking of geekery, I have something in my possession that that Mark is just going to be livid about the fact that I actually have it in my possession. Can you guess what it is, Mark? I wouldn't have a clue, Kevin. Let's see if I turn it on here. There we go, and I'll hold this up so that Mike and Mark can... Oh, you bastard. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am holding uh, up a Surface Pro. Oh, uh, mm. okay, okay. Give us the specs. Um, I can't remember now. This is. Oh I, my Kevin! Hang on <laughs> a second. Hopeless. Can't I, you even remember storage in there? Hang on a second. I have to first admit, I don't own this. Ooh. Ah. Advantage. That's advantage work. I'm. I have it as a loaner to play with for a for a couple weeks. This cool. thing so is, I, go ahead. Okay, I, I know that you've got your Dell and you love your Dell laptop. Yes. In comparison, what do you think? Um, I like it. I really like it. It's it's a nice device. It would be a little bit better for me if I could have some more software installed on it. But because it's a loaner and all that kind of crap, we can't install a ton of stuff on it. Um, the keyboard's not bad. Um. It's really, you know, it's still the three-finger salute to sign on to the device. Uh, matter of fact, I'll sign in right here. The stylus that comes with it, very nice. I like that. Um, 
it's it's an interesting uh, device. The it, stylus in OneNote is beautiful. Have you been playing with that? Uh, no, I haven't. I need to try that. Um, I only got it a couple days ago. We were uh, to, to the listeners a little behind the scenes. We were going to record. I guess it was Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark wasn't feeling well, and I was just absolutely exhausted. I'd had uh, one of my bouts of insomnia, um, so I couldn't. So we weren't feeling it. So we postponed to tonight, and uh, I had gotten it that day. So I haven't played with it much. I wanted to play with it some just to tweak Mark off. But I mean the <laughs> the way it works and all that. It's uh, let me disconnect. Um, it's really cool. It's very smooth. The operation is. Slick, and then if you just want to keyboard surface, the absolute perfect tablet and perfect computer. And Kevin, what do you think of the kickstand? Is it nice and and because when I tested it in the store, it was nice and solid, it would actually stay in place. Oh, yeah, and it sort of uses friction, I think, to, to keep it in place, yeah. and it doesn't move around or anything. Like you look at it and you think this is going to fall over because you look at it and you think. It's different to what you're used to with laptops and stuff like that, but it's actually it's pretty solid. Yes, the kickstand works marvelously. Um, it uh, this one actually came with also the desktop docking station, so that you have all the physical ports, like a physical network port, um, mm-hmm. charger, and everything there. Um, it's got. I mean, I don't know what else you could ask for on the thing. You it's mean enough. it doesn't have one magic port to it? No, it doesn't have the <laughs> magic port to end all ports, um, so I'm afraid not. I was looking to see if I could see. That, what the that's actual... a bit of a disappointment, though. I mean, Microsoft—that's just not innovative. I mean, you've got to have a port that supplies power and USB, because well, that's like the future. Well, look at it this way: at least it doesn't have a, a la port on it, so that's a good thing. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> bada doom boom. Yeah, um, okay. But it's, uh, <laughs> that's a good one, Mike, actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is, this thing, is, I mean, it works, it works like a champ. I can't complain at all. I'm trying to see what the actual specs are. It's a Surface Pro 3. Right. I know that. Um, I, I7, so, I5. That's what I'm trying to find out. Okay. So I think what, it, what I'm pretty sure it's an out? i5. What are you finding that out? Let me ask you, what, what don't you like about it? I haven't found anything I don't like yet. That's impressive because really the the negatives of whatever we have, whatever tech gear we have, generally are more telling than the positives relating yeah. to the because the the positives will stick out like a sore thumb and it's like yeah you know that's that's great that it can do that and everyone knows it can do those features but you know if there was one thing I don't know battery life or performance or or keyboard or something then you'd be turning around saying okay well that's you know that's one not so good feature yeah no. It's- how, how, Class it in regards to a MacBook Air or an iPad. I mean, if, if you look at, obviously, I'm someone who wants the tablet and the computer in the one device, uh, so I'm the perfect kind of user for the Surface, but would you class it as a replacement option uh, to an iPad or even an Android tablet, and would you replace it, uh, would you consider it a replacement option for, like, a MacBook Air, for instance? Um... Well, you know how they do those ads. Yeah, I know. I, 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 and I they, always thought those ads were kind of an unfair comparison, to be honest. Well, they're um, not. They're not anymore because you know the latest gold, uh, you know, MacBook has nothing in it. Yeah, I that different story there. We'll get to that. <laughs> but um, 
I think, you know, there are different classes of machines with different target audiences, I guess is the best way for me to phrase this, or at least that's the way I see it. Um, this could replace my Dell Ultrabook that I carry for work all the time. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's an extremely fast and light little machine. This actually probably weighs about... Okay, now i found something I want the stupid things doing updates again. Jesus criminy. Now, that is... Well, that's a problem with Microsoft. Yeah, so I'll have to let it go there. Um, and then I'll get back in to look at the specs after it finishes doing its updates, maybe three weeks from now. Anyway, the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, you know, overall, it's a good experience. Uh, the keyboard's nice. If I was going to use it a lot, I probably wouldn't want to use just this keyboard, though. I would probably get a, a you know, a real external USB keyboard or something like that. Um, touch screen is uh, very nice. It has a good feel to it. Um, the OS has a, a couple wonky things. Every once in a while, it'll have this huge arrow jump that jumps in from the side and says, do this to da 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 well, you can't do it. It's just like this. It's like a help thing that popped up that you cannot you can, get. You can probably turn. Uh, you, there's probably a way to turn that off, but I haven't figured it out it. yet. <laughs> yeah, so well, it's, it's not easy, but yeah. And and something else, pay attention to because I've noticed it on my Windows computer over here. When I go to the uh, the start page and I go to launch app, sometimes. Uh, I've noticed on a couple different apps, like my LastPass app and one or two others, that I will start it, it'll start up, it'll quit, and then you start it again, then it'll be fine. I don't know if that's a quirk with the app, my Windows installation, or maybe there's some quirk in Windows 8 that's making it act weird. But Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just This is just a weird thing. It's been doing updates, uh, seems like, every couple of hours when I try to do something on it, so... I, I don't know whether resetting it or whatever they did to it so that I could use it again. It's a demo unit. It's not a. Uh, it's not been assigned to me, so uh, I don't know whether that has anything to do with it, or or, or what. But um, so far, it's a good. It's a very positive experience. Um, I will say this though: that the weight. I don't know that I'd really want it as a tablet if I was wanting to be a tablet-only computer or tablet-only user, I guess is the best way to say that, if I was really going that route. Um, on my iPad Air, certainly I, I like it. It seems a little more responsive in some ways. You're not, you're not tired of the Fisher-Price look? No, I'm not. I know you are. Uh, I am so over the Fisher-Price look. It's like Johnny Ive, the so-called best designer in technology in the world, and he can't get away from little rounded cornered icons. Yeah, th that I, kn I know that kind of aggravates you just a wee bit there mark just a little look it, 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 i mean look we're in 2015 here we should be having more information delivered on the home screen without having to open an app or pull down you know some phantom window to actually see what the information is in there so i, I mean for, for my if i had the money i'd be jumping on a surface because i think they're absolutely brilliant i i just love the idea of take the the screen off, and you've got your tablet. Put the screen on, you've got your fully-fledged computer. Um, I, I think it's the best of both worlds, and I think that's where Apple should be going instead of a uh, one-port bastard. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting uh, take. What the hell is going on here now? <laughs> Sorry, folks. Live, as we as we record the show, I'm sitting here working with the, with the device, so... It's a, it, it, if we seem a little disjointed, it's 
totally now, my fault this week. So. Kevin, Kevin, let me ask you: Would you actually spend your own money on this? Um, I think if I had the roughly thousand or dollars or so, I think this device would cost me. I might still buy a MacBook Air. Interesting. Is that because you've got the iPad, or...? It's because I like the OS X experience a little bit better in that way. The Windows right. Eye. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah, and Metroid thought... doesn't change anything for you in that aspect? The, I'm sorry, the what? The Metroid interface by, by Windows doesn't change anything? Uh, maybe after I get a little more used to it, I'd be okay. Um, like I, I sort because... of look at it, and I, I wonder... Like it, it's, I just find it's cool that you can have both. So you can have that Metro interface, and then you can have traditional Windows desktop interface... Reminds me a bit like, um, which we'll talk about soon uh, as, as well. Um, reminds me of, uh, well, what's the gaming platform, Mike? I've just formed Steam. a blank. Steam. Yeah, how you can have the, the console mode and then you can have the, the standard desktop mode. And I like having those options. That, that flexibility is pretty cool. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I think it's about time Apple put a touch screen into a MacBook, to be quite honest. It, it is nice to be able to reach out. It, that part is intuitive, just to reach out and touch the screen. The stylus, I didn't bring the stylus home with me that it came with. Um, the stylus is very nice. The freaky part is when you get it close to the screen, you don't even have to touch the screen. It starts noticing the stylus is there. So that's kind of odd, but it's that, kind that, of that's, cool. That's cool, though. But, yeah, I, I, mean, it's, I guess it's like many other styluses where, depending on how hard you press, it changes. But seriously, try it in the OneNote app, and you will be convinced that you need a stylus for a tablet because OneNote is absolutely incredible with the responsiveness of that stylus. I just couldn't get over it. You've seen it before in, in different things where you go to do something and it doesn't quite register. Yeah. But on the surface that I tried... And one of the couple, actually, that I tried, it was fluid. It was immediate. It was there. And it was as if I was riding on a piece of paper. I was blown away. Yeah, the the only thing I'll say that I haven't um, really liked is the the weight so far. I mean, it is, when I'm doing it only as a tablet, and that size is kind of off. You know, maybe that's because I'm used to an iPad and that size but also it's built for the business market too which you're a part of kevin so it's built with with that almost that clipboard size that that legal page size so that then when you do uh, go to a meeting to take notes in OneNote or other supported applications it then feels natural i think that's what they were aiming for more so than oh let's get this light and and compete with apple on that side plus let's be honest it's got a fully fledged processor in it yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it generates some heat. There, There is air vents around, and it does have expandability in there, and it does have the kickstand built in. I mean, all these things you don't have on an iPad. You no. want a kickstand, you've got no kickstand on the iPad. You have to hold it in your hands or you've got to buy an accessory for the accessory. Microsoft has done away with that, and about the only accessory you really need is that keyboard, which doesn't come in the original package. Uh, and the the docking station that you said, which I, I think for users who sit at a desk quite a bit, that would be a really, really useful feature to have yeah. that, that dock. Um, and, you know, they're more expensive, and that's... I kind of wish that the keyboard was included in the original price um, because it, it really is a laptop replacement, and 
a tablet replacement. So I think they should have done that. It's it's sort of weird how they're marketing that. It's almost like they're saying, well, this is a tablet that can be a computer versus this is a tablet and a computer. And you see uh, competitors, Toshiba, HP, Dell, they're kind of doing similar things where you can have the whole computer experience, you get the keyboard included, you take the screen off, it's a Windows 8 tablet. Yeah. So it's a bit disappointing with that. But you know what? Um, I, I think... Price-wise, performance-wise, it's actually pretty good. It's nice to have that much power and something like that that you can take around. And I, I even, I'd love going on YouTube and watching people playing games on there. I yeah. mean, you're not going to get, you're not going to get a true gaming experience. You know, I, I'm looking at, at getting um, a a, um, a Dell gaming rig, a um, oh, oh, blank again. The one we spoke about, the Alienware. Uh, so I'm, I'm really keen, eager to get that. Um, I've just got to save up a little bit to get it. Uh, but that's on definitely on my hit list because it's a computer plus a, a dedicated gaming system. Yeah. And I just like that idea. It does two things for me because we kind of need a second computer in the house for the kids, but I don't want to buy just another computer that sits there. If I can buy a gaming system and a computer, I win. It's very similar to the Surface. If I can buy a Surface and it's a tablet and a laptop, I win. If I buy the MacBook Air and I still want a tablet, i got to buy an iPad. Yeah. I've got to buy an Android device. And that's just extra. That's just more money I've got to spend. Why? It, it's no. silly. No, I understand. Uh, I did finally find the specs on this, I, and pardon me because I'm not a Windows 8 expert. I know it a little bit. <laughs> it is a, uh, actually, this is a Core i7, uh, 1.7 gigahertz, uh, boosting to 2.3. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a bit low, but still. Yeah, 8 gigs of RAM, and it is running a 64-bit, uh, version of uh, nice. uh, Windows 8.1 Pro. And so, what's your storage space? 256? Um, looking here, let's see. Well, now, why isn't that listed in the same set of specs here? What the hell? Disk space, here we go. Disk space. Hang on, it's thinking. You, you do know you can just go to your C drive, Kevin. Well, actually, I'm doing. I'm trying to use the <laughs> Windows 8.1 interface. I'm trying. The Metro interface, okay, right. okay. Yeah. Uh, it is a 512 gig SSD nice. in this thing. Okay, Very so you nice. got the Primo one. You got the one. top of the range. You got, you got to love the $2,000 model. Yeah, it's uh, again, it's pretty cool. I will say, too, you made me think of one thing when I mentioned the docking device. The way you take the device in and out of the docking device is a little jinky. It's not a smooth experience. If if memory serves me right, it's almost like you've got to slide it in. Is that well, you got to kind of slide it in sideways and then pop it back the other way. It's not a. Yeah. I would expect it to be more of a straight down or straight in from the side type of experience. And it's uh, the docking station that I've got sitting on my desk. It's not quite that way, um, but it's you know it's it's a. What, it's a, what, a go ahead. What's the battery life like? Um, I haven't done a full test of it, but I haven't had any battery issues at all. It's run for. I'll leave it on while we're sitting here recording the show and see how it does, mm. um, and see what kind of uh, battery life I get out of it. But you know, because as you know, Windows can run a ton of background um, processes too. So yeah, it's always always interesting to say, especially you know, I mean, quoted specs are good, but you really need to get some sort of usability specs to know, hey, this is going to do the job. Honestly, I wish I had the money to buy one because I'd, I'd buy one tomorrow. I don't know if I'd keep the MacBook Air. I probably would. 
Um, but I just I love the idea of it. I think it's a great concept. And I look forward to what they're doing with Windows 10. I think that's going to be even more intuitive across devices, across platforms that are, you know, in their walled garden, if you will. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a good competitor as well. I think Microsoft is going to come back and be a great competitor to Apple and offer a lot of nice features that might not um, draw people away, but it's certainly going to get Apple thinking more innovatively. And if, if they're not paying attention to what Microsoft and other uh, tech companies are doing in this, this space, if they've become that arrogant that they're not looking at the competition anymore, and one example of arrogance is a gold MacBook with one port, then <laughs> they're not worth my they're, they're not worth giving my money to well, anymore if they're going to be that arrogant. That's like, but that port no. is so beautifully designed. It it's milled out of a solid piece of aluminium. It's it's perfect. Oh, Johnny, I can go jump in a lake. Well, and <laughs> look. It's, another... it's a good feat of engineering, but it's a demo car. It, it's like going to the car show and you look at the Toyota and you go, holy shit, when are we getting that? That looks absolutely incredible. We'll never get it, people, because it's it, it's a technological demo showing what's possible. We'll never have a car like that, not in our lifetime. So it's like that's all this is. It's a show pony. Yeah. Well, and you, know, you brought up uh, Apple's arrogance. The other sign of arrogance, which really cheesed me off this week, uh, I didn't watch the announcements. I was at work. But I, I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts since, and so I think I got the gist of it. But I came home, and uh, I'm on my phone, and I see, oh, there's an update available for my uh, phone. So I do like I'm supposed to. I update it so that everything is up to date. And I look on there, and there's an app for the Apple Watch. And I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm glad we got the explicit tag because I'm going, what the fuck, people? I mean, really? Yep. You can't um, get it off. It off. is on there all the time. I tried to paint scraper. Right. It wouldn't work. <laughs> well, and the thing is, okay, we there are other apps on that you can't get rid of. You can't get rid of uh, their uh, iBooks. You can't get rid of the stock app or the weather app. But at least those potentially serve some purpose. Someday I might decide to buy a book through uh, iTunes. I might want to. Oh, I, don't. I, I do. <laughs> I, 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 hold on. I, I, sorry, Mike. I know no, I'm going to derail you. But there is one issue, especially audio books. And I only just realized this the other day. When I was sick earlier this week, I went to list, lay in bed and listen to an audio book. And I thought, okay, I'll just flush it up on my iPhone and just hit play like you do with all your music that you purchase and everything. I couldn't find it. It was nowhere. Anyway, I went to the Mac and went to iTunes. Couldn't find it there either. And I found out after doing some research that you can't re-download audiobooks that you've purchased from the iTunes store. You can do it from uh, all the other services that, that deliver audiobooks like audible.com, but Apple doesn't allow you, even though they sell the audible.com stuff. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? I mean, thank God I've got everything backed up. But audiobooks cost an arm and a leg. They're not cheap. No. And you can't stream them down, yet I can stream 1080p videos down any time I wish. It's like, my God, someone dropped the ball there. I, I, that really pissed me off. And to make matters worse, I was sick. So, you know, it wasn't helping. Anyway, sorry, Mike. I just had to throw that in there. No, that's fine. Like I say, those, uh, and, you know, even I might want to look at a stock someday or something, so they serve some purpose. But the uh, Apple Watch app, unless I go out and buy a $350 minimum freaking iPhone, this app is of no use to me, and you won't let me get rid of it. 
what we need to do, we, we, we're stupid here. We should make a geekiest show ever app and figure out how to insert it on every damn phone and so that it can't be erased and so people have to sit there and listen to our geeky goodness. And, and yes. we'll do it cross-platform to screw them there over even more. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But yeah, yeah the, that's the a- problem. Yeah, I've got the same problem where they force things upon us, mm-hmm. and uh, I want choice. And this is look. I know that I keep harping on about Windows Phone and other options, and I know that I'm still a fanboy for Apple. But I really do get sick and tired of being locked in this little tiny walled garden. I just don't like it anymore. I don't. I don't feel like I've got the freedom to do what I want with the equipment that I spend hundreds of dollars on. And, you know, I know, I know they'll say customer experience, but uh, it seems like this is only going to be a pocketbook experience for anybody who wants mm-hmm. to get the, uh, uh, the watch. And like I say, I wouldn't mind the watch. I mean, I do wear a watch, so the idea by itself isn't foreign to me. And I would kind of like to have something where instead of having to get my phone out, I could just kind of flick my wrist and look at uh, the watch to see what's coming in. Because I do have messages come in, and I like to see the emails that come in. And uh, sometimes people message me, which uh, can be semi-important. Important. But and again, again, so you can't do that on Apple because they don't have live tiles. They've just got little icons. It just says I've got 10 emails. Well, yeah, well, hopefully you could have it set up so it would flash the, uh, the certain messages on the phone as they came in So for notifications. You know what? It, it does that. But for some reason, every time I go to them, I can't find the notifications. So I'll, I'll press the, the power button because if you press the home button, it just goes to the home screen. So I press the power button to go through the notifications and... After I've seen it, it's like, well, where's the notification gone? It's not on the list anymore. Hmm. Well, so, yeah, and like I say, so the idea of the Apple Watch, but I mean, really, it starts, if it was to start, and they're not selling it to me. They're selling it to people with more money than I have. If it would, had started around the 150 maybe even $200 level, I would consider that. But $350, in a, and I have a job where it could, uh, you know, unless they want to hire me as a stress tester to see how it stands up under rugged use, um, I don't know that I would want to buy one because I would be rather tough on it. I've broken watches before. And... Um, but at, at you know, let's say it starts at I'm sure was it three fifty, wasn't it? Um, yeah, three fifty three fifty US with and that's the, topping, for the crappy looking one. And topping out at a nice round seventeen thousand dollars right. US. That that to look that to me just goes and, and is full of arrogance doing that. I I yeah. know that they had to because it's a watch and, and so forth, but it, it's like uh huh, mm, yeah, ninety nine point nine percent of people can't afford that. No, yeah, and, they are, and they're going for the upscale market. And like I say, Apple's never made any pretense about necessarily being, you know, the affordable choice. So they always would try to say you get value for what you pay, but you know, they never, they never made a race for the bottom and I respect them for it. Now, obviously what they've done so far up to this point, I'm going to qualify that up to this point has been successful because they're making buttloads of money. Uh, so they've got that figured out all the time. The, you know, the, uh, wall street people are telling them you need to sell, make it cheaper and cheaper while well, they're making more money while going against what wall street says. So they must have some idea what they're doing, but uh, it's just that now they're really just... Well, they're locking people in, though, Mike. I think they're locking right. people in more than they've ever locked... than any yes. other company has ever locked people in because we are so restricted to the Apple ecosystem that I, I, I wonder half the time... Kevin, I, I know that you said you prefer the Mac uh, operating system, and certainly I do enjoy using the Mac operating system, but I wonder if we enjoy it 
because we almost have no other option at this stage because yeah. but I, but we I, are restricted. Well, but I have other options. I mean, I've made mention of one of the reasons that I originally went, became I, I always was enamored with the Mac. I've made no bones about that. I became a as close to a full-time Mac user as I could in late 2006 or early 2007, I think it was. Um, that's when I became as close to a full-time Mac user. I can't use a Mac at work. I have to use Windows. That's just the way it is. Not a problem. But the one thing that brought me over to the Mac was one of the things that I enjoyed, and we talked about this recently, was what I can do with Linux. I am still the type of user that's very comfortable dropping out to the command line. I am not afraid of the command line or the terminal, whatever you want to have. In mm -hmm. Mike's in my day, it was just called the command line. That was it. There wasn't anything else. Um, and I'm not, and that's what I liked about what the Mac provided me. It provided me a rich, gooey, a rich uh, graphical user interface that worked and just worked. But it also provided me all the power of a Unix or Linux environment because back then I was running Unix systems. I was, you know, be I was an administrator. <clears throat> excuse me. I was an administrator on a Unix system that was running a business. And that's where I was comfortable. And I could step over into it. I could step into the Linux systems I used. That's what brought me over. And that's one thing that keeps me on the Mac, too. It's not, not the only thing. But I still pop open the terminal and start doing things occasionally in the terminal. Am I a terminal guru? No. Far from it. Not like I used to be. But it's one of those things that keeps me there. The Windows terminal has gotten better. And it's getting better. It's moving in that direction. But Windows 8.1 tries to obfuscate the terminal it really it's it's almost like the old versions of windows where you had to load dos and then you had to load windows on top of dos what? i mean that was a pain but when you got to windows 95 when that was your operating system as bad as it was it was your operating system so i mean you know, that's what keeps me there and i i don't feel locked in because I still feel like the long way of saying I don't feel locked in because I still have freedom of choice to go that way I'm actually buying less apps through the Mac App Store and I tend to buy more apps via other methods because I don't like the fact that I can't get upgrades you know a lot mm -hmm. of the, you, you can't get the demos and all this stuff there are a few things that I'll still buy through the Mac App Store if they're cheap enough but uh, one of my favorite apps App Delete by Reggie Ashworth I'm going to give that man the seven bucks I believe he charges for it. I'll pay him for every upgrade just because that app works that well. And plus I can download it from him because it's not sandboxed and hindered the way the version is that he sticks in the app store. And, yep. and, he, do and he doesn't lose 30%. No. No. And like I say, I've come from from the different point. I mean, um, I've never had a strong allegiance to any operating system. I was quite in the Linux for a while until I realized I couldn't play games and do certain things. And then, you know, Mac started getting better. Uh, I tolerated Windows for a number of years. But I've come to Mac, and um, I've developed... I don't do a lot of work on the Mac. I mostly do, you know, fun stuff or whatever. But um, I still have workflows. I use Text Expander a lot, and there are certain programs on there that I think you probably could emulate in Windows. But uh, and and granted, Windows 8 has certainly gotten better. And I do have, you know, I've mentioned it many times. My Windows 8 computer over there, and I've been using it more just to experiment. And I was so, you know, cheesed off. Uh, and I kind of calmed down since then, uh, you know, after the Apple announcement um, and that uh, app showed up on my phone that I was thinking about just getting out of 
Apple completely just because it had, you know, frustrated me. And uh, like I say, when, uh, Windows 8 is better. I've been using it more. Um, there would be certain things on there that I would miss, but um, I think I could, uh, there'd be, you know, maybe things like, um, um, oh, of course, now I blank out, um, Pixelmator um, that I use occasionally. And there's a few other programs that I would miss that just aren't cross-platform. But for the most mm-hmm. part, I've, especially like on the iOS side, I've tried to find apps that uh, exist in both, you know, universes, iOS and Android, uh, just because I do kind of bounce back and forth. And if I ever wanted to walk away, I would still have the, uh, you know, options of doing that and still have apps there that I could use. Um, so, but, you know, it, it did occur to me because you are paying a price for this hardware. It's getting to the point where, and I don't know, I guess a lot of them are still are starting to do that too, getting away from user repairable uh, stuff, but you're trying to cram more into something about this, literally the thickness of a sheet of paper almost. It's getting to that point. And, you know, it's not going to be easily repairable, but you're just kind of, when you order something, order a computer now, you're going to have to get the configuration you want. Uh, we you know, mentioned that here before. You can't get something in a uh, little lower uh, than what you want, but then be able to upgrade it here or tweak it there or do something there. No, you're going to have to decide this. I'm either going to have to compromise on ability or price, and uh, this is what I'm going to have to be stuck with as I'm paying off the loan to get this thing or you know, whatever, unless you do have that much money laying around to buy something like that. Uh, but like I say, I'm getting starting to get kind of you know frustrated with uh, Apple, and we'll just see where it goes. And if it, it irks me enough, like I say, I wouldn't have any trouble jumping ship and uh, may, maybe setting up a Linux computer and using Windows. Go back well, to where I was before. The, the good thing, though, and see, there's another thing that would keep me on the Mac side of things. And I plan. I my wife said something to me the other day about uh, my iMac, and I said works perfectly, not going anywhere. It's four years old. It's fine. It's good for another at least two, maybe three or four more years, in my opinion. Um, the good thing about it is I can run all those platforms if I really want to, mm-hmm. and I haven't yeah. changed it. So there, that is one benefit. Right. right? right. Until yeah. until they screw that up, that would, that would I'm be... I'm surprised the, I haven't by now, to be quite honest. Well. That would be one thing that would make me start to meander, maybe. I won't say switch. Well. I'll say meander. You, you well, know what I thought was really funny? When I bought Gretel's iPhone 6 Plus and we had to put the, uh, oh, what was it? We had to change the number to the smaller SIM because she had the 4S before. So it was a change in SIM. Well, when we did that, they actually had a MacBook Pro there that was booted into Windows to handle that because the Mac couldn't couldn't run the uh, the IT company's uh you know, internal network that they had to be on. And I just thought that was so funny. It's like, okay, when the, the Apple Store and you have to use Windows, this is great. <laughs> Ooh, that, yeah. I didn't know about that part of it. That would be rather embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it? Yeah. It, it well, just it doesn't function. It, they've got to use it on that side. So, well, and because you know, the you other know what it's like business with, with, you know, Windows and, and the installations and, and so forth, that there's very little cross. There's more than there used to be, but there's cross compatibility isn't really thought of that highly in in business, especially when they develop on on the back end of Windows and Windows Server and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, 
And the other thing that was kind of souring me on Apple was the uh, whole, because I, I have one of those MacBook Pros with the uh, graphics issue. And, but at least Apple has finally addressed that, and I need to call. We don't have an Apple store near here, but we have an Apple reseller that's licensed to fix this. I'm going to see if I can get it in Friday and have them look at it. And they should be able to see it because I shut the computer down. It's fine as long as I keep it running, but I shut it down and took it somewhere and went to start it up. And I had to restart it about five or six times before the, uh, the graphic glitch went away so hopefully it won't be that hard to recognize you know in, in my it. opinion they shouldn't even have to look at it they should just look at right. the serial number know that it's within one of the bad batch and just say hey look we're sorry here's yeah. the new one they should and i was uh, was it adam christensen i think it was had taken his macbook back and i think he said this was going to be the third or fourth logic board that was going wow. into it so it's those kind of things and you know I guess every company, Apple probably gets more attention than others. I know nobody turns out a perfect product. There can be recalls. There can be bad products. Um, but it just seems like Apple's sometimes reach historic portions. You had the, um, was it the G4 Cube that cracked? I mean, that probably didn't affect performance. But, you know, that was a mar. You, you had the whole, you're holding it wrong fiasco with the iPhone. Uh, you've had some of those. Things, like Ben Gate, which wasn't really a gate, but still, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, and maybe it's just because people like picking on the perceived winner or the, you know, the oh, the course. top we, dog. We want to we want to see the top dog suffer. That's that's the mm. way it happens mm. when when rock stars and that get up to the the pinnacle. We do everything that we can as a society to bring them back down to earth. We don't like right. to see others succeed where we fail. But the the antenna issue with the holding it, Ron. I still find that's an issue with, with the uh, the 5S I've got anyway. It just depends if, you, you know, you can't help but hold it over the antenna at, at different times and it can cause an issue. It can, you know, block out signal and, and stuff like that. So it still is there and, yeah. But that's going to happen with any cell phone, to be completely honest with you. I have I have two phones, well, one's an Android, and it does the same damn thing. Okay, I, I agree with you to a certain extent, but if they didn't build it in the all-in-one enclosure, then they could have the battery case, the plastic case, come off at the back, have the antenna module in at the back, like they used to in the old, you know, late 90s, early 2000s with the phones. And then because it's not a metal base, because it's a plastic base, the signal would travel through easier, so you wouldn't have to make dedicated antenna zones it, it would just go through the back it's because of apple's design that we've got this problem and it's and some android phones have the same thing based on some of their designs but if you look at having a plastic back you wouldn't you, you wouldn't have that problem now i know as well as you guys do that plastic backs are annoying they break they scratch they and they're not off. great they fall off but you know what they're also good because you can replace the battery easily well i you know, again, battery life on my 6 Plus is phenomenal. I get anywhere from a day and a half to two yeah, and a half I, days. Yeah, I, I but don't, I don't want to carry a phablet with me. It's not a phablet. It's a Really? I look at Gretel's and I go, oh, my God, how do I hold this? I'm mean, talking about holding it, Ron. It's like, my God, how do you even use this thing? You have I've manly hands. hands. Yeah, there I, you go. I, 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 you know. Yeah, but Kevin, you, you, your hand is bigger than mine. You know, everything I've got's bigger than yours, Mark. We'll just exactly. go with that. Exactly. But it's 
it's very simple. I, I put it up here. It works very well, except with my headphones on, it doesn't work that great. But yeah, no, Mike, it's not quite like that. I, I honestly don't think I could go back to a small phone now. I am too far hooked on these bigger screens. And that's, that's a little bit of my age coming out too. It's nice to have that extra space. I feel more roomy. I don't feel as claustrophobic. Well, yeah, yeah, I think it's age because, yeah, we grew up with, you know, because for a while there was the biggest, mon- well, and you got 27-inch monitors there, too. Uh, I mean, I got 24, and I just, but I'm doing things on my, you know, iPhone, and I just wish it had a bigger screen because I just, I can't think in constrained terms like that. I need, and I grew up on the wide open plains of South Dakota. Give me space, give me room, you know. And then we're looking at this tiny little, you know, Japanese, everything's crunched together, piled on top of each other uh, type phone situation there. So, yeah. I'm thinking of home, home on the range. No, that, when they turn it on, then you get a burnt butt. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, the whole Apple announcement thing this week was like, I don't understand where all this is coming from. There's, you know, we talked about it, uh, folks. I was just on NAMP, or a little plug for Mark's other show, NAMP. I've recorded uh, the, was it NAMP 153? Okay. I recorded 153, and thank you again, Mark, for letting me be on the show. Um, the uh, We talked a lot about it, but like the gold MacBook. Really? Gold? Who the hell wants gold? Well, the what? problem with that is it's got less power, less features, less expandability ports, yet it's more expensive than MacBook Airs that will kick its ass. Yeah. Well, it, um, and it, 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 look, it's like the $17,000 Apple Watch. Okay, I get that it's got 18 carats of gold. But beyond that, it's the same thing as a damn three hundred dollar one. Well, I, and I, I just—it's like yeah. what the fuck. Well, and the whole product announcement to me kind of seemed like somebody cleaned out Apple's closets and go, "Hey, we have a few <laughs> announcements laying around here. Why don't we combine it?" Because I didn't, you know, normally, you know, Apple is sort of clever with their naming, and they called this one "Spring Ahead." Well, I think they should have just called it "Spring House Cleaning" because it just you had your Apple TV announcement, which was sort of meh. I mean, if you're into HBO, that was probably fine. Um, you know, trying to so you don't have to necessarily have a cable subscription to watch your game of thrones that stuff but all they did after that was just drop the price no uh no new apple tv no nothing there just hbo uh you had your watch which is going to be expensive the uh then you had that was it research kit i think they called it which that was the coolest thing of the whole yeah Yeah, that could potentially have some payoffs further down the road. Right now, I'm kind of going, okay, I don't get it, but I don't need to because I don't do that kind of stuff. And then you had your um, your MacBook, and so um, well, and and they came out and he said, "Look, I can barely feel it. I can. What's the, what the hell do I want something I can't feel for?" But, 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 but here's the other thing: it's lighter than the MacBook Air, yet it's called MacBook, which is confusing. Um, I, it just doesn't make sense. And the thing is, why didn't they put Retina in the MacBook Air? Why did they bring out this new computer and not put it in the Air lineup? They updated the MacBook Air, but they didn't put Retina in it, but yet they put it in this 12-inch system. Well, and then, oh, the, the funniest thing, of course, is the 480p front-facing FaceTime camera. 
Yeah, that's that's so hilarious. Helpful. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, some people think that because there may not have been enough room to fit a you know full HD I'd, camera I'd in. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, but, I, 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 you know what? It's cost cutting. It's it's hey, let you know I, we've taken out all the ports. Let's uh, cut the cost as much as we can and charge the most the highest well, amount of price. I mean, I, I look at what Apple doing. It's miniaturization. When I can have a uh, an eight megapixel uh, in in my uh, iPhone 5s with a um, a 720p uh, front-facing camera, I'm pretty sure it's 720p, in an iPhone 5S that's smaller than the 6 and the 6 Plus, there's absolutely no reason why Apple couldn't build it into, into the, uh, the MacBook, the new MacBook screen. And this is where functionality suffers for design, because if that's actually true, and because of the new way that they designed the LCD and, and the... the lead housing and so forth to make it slimmer and lighter. I don't want that. That's just ridiculous. I don't want to go backwards in technology. It's the same argument that we've had before on this show about the the Mac Mini. The 2012 editions were superior to what's been released today, to what you can go to, to the Apple Store and buy today, and that's happening on the iMac line as well. They're going backwards, telling people what they believe they that's all you need, and, okay, maybe for some people it is. But why are we going backwards? Why are we becoming stagnant on the entry level uh, of things? I mean, Apple's trying to make computers for Fisher-Price users, the people who use iPad and iPhone, who don't want 10 ports, who don't want Thunderbolt. What, what I can't understand, they, they were harping on Thunderbolt is here and Lightning is here. And, and MagSafe adapter is here. And they do this USB-C, which isn't MagSafe. So you're going to trip over the cord and it's going to go flat on the floor. And then if you're charging the laptop, you can't use a USB stick or you can't use a USB microphone or you can't charge your iPhone because there's nowhere to charge it. And Mark. you've got to spend seventy nine ninety five to get a stupid little plastic adapter that the poor guys in the third world countries made for twenty cents. Well, you see, that's the thing. You got to think about the people in the poor third world country. You have to buy these adapters so that they have a job. Where is your spirit here, Mark? You're supposed to be supporting the world economy and, and handing over your bank account to Apple. Get with I it, know. man. I know. I've got to put <laughs> my credit cards on on Apple's system for Apple Pay and. I mean, but honestly, by the time they're finished, they're going to own our asses. Not I don't mine. think they'd want mine. <laughs> that, that was a quick response. But seriously, if, if we let if we let them just go ahead and, and com- continue to be consumers of this stuff, I, I think later on down the track, and it may take a decade or two to notice it, but I think we're going to regret it. I think it's going to be like, wow, that company has way too much control of our lives. That's going to be kind of like on uh, Wally. What was the the company? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that kind of. I mean, that, that that's almost. I, I mean, that's almost a prediction of where Apple wants to go. Be yeah. the one. Be the one company. I mean, I I just think Skynet people. Skynet. <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah, it's uh, it it's a little little strange. It's right. it it is I. But see, now I'm one of the people that, yeah, I could use Apple Pay, but you know what? Not going to do it. 
Not Look, I still, I still use cash. And it's not that I'm worried about privacy or security or anything like that. And I think I've mentioned to you guys why I use cash. The other day I had to go and buy a new iPad case for Nicholas because his other one just broke. And I got a $10 discount because I was willing to pay cash instead of put it on a card where they have to pay, you know, 3% transaction fee. Yeah, 2 or 3% transaction. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So because of that, we find out here in Australia anyway that a lot of retailers, many will not do cash discounts. But you ask and all they can do is say no. The worst they can do is say no, we don't do that. And if they say that, that's fine. You go somewhere else or you still buy the product. But if you can get a few dollars off, might as well. So, yeah, cash is still big in, in my own personal economy even though it's a hassle to carry around and have on you and all that kind of stuff. Um, plus, you tend to know what you've got to spend as well. I think that's something that I learned when I was young and stupid and spent too much money and had credit cards and went into credit debt. Thank God I've got none of that anymore. Uh, but you live a, a, what I call a false economy where you never really know how much money you've got. Whereas if you've got a $100 bill in your wallet, you know that you've got $100 there to use. And... and if you spend it all, well, then you don't have your bus fare home. But with uh, credit cards and with all this electronic stuff, you can just keep going until there's nothing left, basically. And I know some people do, unfortunately. It's it's just one of those things. That's why credit debt is so big and powerful the world over. Yes, Mike? Yeah, it's called the American way, you yes. Aussie. Yeah, you got to be butt deep in debt and, you know. and you know. Don't worry, it's the Australian way as well. I, I think we're all nuts. <laughs> You can't. No, yeah, you're not a you're not a good American or maybe a good Aussie if you're not up to your at least up to the top of your keister. They would prefer you to be up to your eyeballs in it. Um, ah, that's a shame because I, I honestly don't have. I went into massive amounts of debt years ago, um, and when I say massive, uh, well over a hundred thousand. And I had to claw my way out of that. I had a business collapse, and it was just an absolute nightmare. And everything was on credit. And I had no cash. Even though I was turning over a great deal of cash, all I was doing was paying the credit debt. Yeah. But, of course, the credit debt incurs interest, and you end up paying more for everything because you've got to pay the interest. Unless, of course, you can pay before the interest is accrued, then you're fine. But I could never do that. I could never manage that. So it, it's a bit of give and take. I mean, some people are good at managing their money in any way, shape, or form. I'm not. So I, I go with the cash-based society. I've, I'm trying to get away from it. I'm trying to stay away from credit cards as much as possible. There's just, I mean, if you take out a check at a grocery store, people look at you funny. If you try to mm. write a check, it's like, you know, I'm sorry. This money, I know exactly where it's coming from. And they go, oh, yeah. well, just use your debit card. Yeah, great. So that when grocery store A gets hacked, then the hackers have access to my bank account information. No, thank you. Well, here's a story. Like my my um, because I I have uh, debit cards, so then they're they're like right, the Mastercard functionality, but you've got to have your own money in the account before you can use it. And mine got hacked. I I purchased something from Amazon, um, and for some reason it got hacked, and the bank shut it down. Now I had changed phone numbers since I set up the bank account, and they didn't get in touch with me. And here's this card not working, and we called them, and they said. Oh, we couldn't get in touch with you, so we decided to, to close your account down and not give you access. And then I had to jump through hoops to get access to my money, to my account, to prove who I was because it was locked down because some 
stupid, I don't know what country they're from these days that go and hack your, your details, tr tried to, to charge like $10 to, to uh, my credit card in a foreign country. So it's like, oh, jeez. It, it was a damn headache. Yeah, I, it's like I always say when I go make my uh, paycheck deposit, I always get cash out. And people say, why do you carry cash? I said, nobody ever says no to it. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever says no. My terminal's down. I can't. I can't take your credit card. Um, yep. da -da -da -da. No cash. It wa cash talks. It always it has and always does. will. So, yep. were you guys I, saying I, somebody? I always, I always keep honestly about fifteen hundred dollars in cash in the house, just so that I've got it. All right, yeah, raid marks. Not coming, okay. you're, not, you're not coming to my house. Uh, okay. No, but, but seriously, you know, most of the money's in the in the bank account. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> uh, most of the money's in the bank account, but I, I keep that there for the rainy day because that'll get me through a month of, you know, month worth of food and month worth of bills and, and stuff like that. So that's, that's why I keep that there so that then if something did happen to my account and I got locked out, I wouldn't be shit out of luck with money. I'd have something there. You never want to be shit out of luck. That's always it's bad for my in my business if you're shit out of luck because that does not making us any money either. So, but anyway, so yeah, you you guys must be really scared of the the doctors working on the little tablets that will prevent us from ever pooping again. Yeah, mm. but you'll never stop peeing. Yeah, but we can do that behind a tree. No, you can't. We have cameras there <laughs> <laughs> to catch you. We have you when you take out your moves and. Uh, uh, we have you when you have your moves out and peeing on the ground behind the tree. We catch you. Huh. Now that's an image that I did. <laughs> that is the image you are going to have to apologize for next week, Kevin. Uh, that's possible. So, so now, um, sorry, Mike, did you have something? Well, I was just going to say, the nice thing about you two is you make me look normal, which is an astounding feat. So <laughs> there you go. We've got to stop it, don't we, Kevin? No, we no, don't. No, make me look normal. I'm fine. <laughs> We can we can twist his nipple nuts and send him to Alaska. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll we'll go on to another topic here, folks. Uh, and any let's see if anybody any of the listeners know that reference. Uh, I don't even know if you two guys know that reference, do you? What spin your nipple nuts? Spin, and send yeah, spin, send, spin my nipple nuts and send me to Alaska. Yes, that's Red Dwarf. Ah, yes. good I've man. Seen Red Dwarf for years. You know what I've been watching recently? Blackadder. Ah. I like Blackadder. I haven't seen... I've only seen... Rowan Atkinson, Mike. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. Mr. Bean. Where, 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 oh, that's yeah, old. Where, okay. where it goes... Yeah, uh, yeah it's 80s. Um, so it's all through the 80s till about 91. I think they finished the series. Uh, yeah. And then each season was a different point in uh, UK history. history. Yeah. So I it, like it, the it's... World War One version. They yeah, were... it, it's like a. It's almost like an alternate history. And I know, Kevin, you like that type of thing. I mean, it's sort of based in fact where... The, the same the, where, where the basis is there and the same names and the same area and so forth, but the characters are comically driven and it's it's just a lot of fun. It's not it's not what I'd call my favorite, but it's it's been about twenty years since I've seen it and I want to see it again, so I've been watching it and I'm quite happy. Well, yeah, I like Black. Yeah, Hatter. I, I wouldn't own it and watch it all the time though. Now let me ask you. That brings up something I keep forgetting to ask you. There was an Australian version of one of my favorite UK shows, Are You Being Served? Did you ever watch the Australian version of it? No, but I love Are You Being Served. 
And and then they did after that. There was another a grace and time, favor, grace and grace favor. And fight. That was awesome. I love that. It's a show that only lasted for I think a season or maybe two. Two two seasons. Um, but no, I never saw the Australian one. And well, um, can, there are episodes of it on YouTube. Oh, and they, cool. And, and they actually imported John Inman to come down and do some episodes of it. Oh, okay. Cool. And basically, they remade the episodes. They changed the names of the characters, but they remade the. They even used the same scripts almost word for word. So I'd be interested to know your take on it since you're an Are You Being Served fan. There, hmm, do you, I'll you, check it out. Do you remember the episode of Are You Being Served where they had to sleep in the tents in the store? Yeah. Camping in is the name of the episode. Yep, they, yep, yep. That one is on YouTube. It's it's oh, okay, interesting. Cool. It's interesting. I you know, no dig at our Aussie fans or Aussie TV at all, but I don't know. I I, I couldn't quite and Mr. Humphrey seemed forced. I mean the his character and he was doing Mr. Humphreys, he seemed very mm-hmm. forced in the situation. It didn't have a natural flow like the other series did. I'll, I'll say this much, whether it's UK television, US television, Australian television, it's all unique to each region. And I think that's why we love it. I love US and, and UK television as much as I love Australian television. What I don't like is when, uh, a lot of the time when there's imitations, I, I, I don't necessarily like that because it's very rare that an imitation is better than the original. It's like Top Gear US and Top Gear Australia. It, it was both of them are absolutely hopeless. But Top Gear UK is brilliant. There's just some things that you, some formulas you shouldn't mess with. And I think really, reality TV is a bit of a hit and miss because every country wants to have their own kind of reality TV. But I think when it comes to dramatic or comedy television stuff like that, I think no, please. Leave it alone, and let let the original speak volumes. Because if it, it's a bit different, if it was something that wasn't really successful, like if we look at the Planet of the Apes television series that were made around the same time as the movies, that wasn't that successful. It's out there; you can buy it. it also, wasn't that great. It was. Look, I watch it because I love the idea. But if they remade that now with the technology that they have. That would be cool. That would be interesting. Um, but then I wouldn't want a UK version of it because that would just sound weird. Then all the apes would sound like uh, like Peter, and that would just, yeah. Peter, Sorry, Peter. But... Peter, he said that. <laughs> well, now I'm picturing the apes climbing Big Ben and all. That's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not coming yeah i i you know I, there are i love there's a lot of uk shows i uh there's some aussie stuff god love kenny the movie god love it i that is the greatest movie um there is stuff yeah, that, that been remade by by the americans it's just i mean it's surprising that it hasn't been or a part two or something but that's the kind of movie that it's so good because it's original to australia it's so good because it's got that australian humor once you go and change it, it's not so good. I, I mean, maybe, here's the thing, maybe if there was an American version of that and you had never seen the Australian version, then it could stand on its own two feet. But if you know both, generally the second one is substandard. Well, I can see where you can take concepts. Um, mm. Now, even though I wasn't a fan of the show, the, uh, I was a fan of the UK, One Foot in the Grave. I don't know if you've yes, ever... Yes, I, uh, I like that uh victor meldrew the poor man he was always in getting screwed over or something like that um 
they made a version of that. They took the concept and brought it to the United States, and they had Bill Cosby play the Victor Meldrew character, and I can't even remember what they called it over here. It was okay. Um, it was, you know, it was definitely not a Victor Meldrew. It didn't have the the, the dry humor and the, the fact that, you know, despite his best efforts, he was always getting screwed over. Cosby doesn't come off that way, but you can do that at times. You can take the concept. No, a Cos- good, a good... Cos- Cosby just screws over others. Oh, did I say that live? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <But> now... <laughs> Look, I love Bill Cosby's stuff, but his personal life, I, and that's a very fine line, really, when you look at it, is we love the, the public persona of some people, but their personal life behind the scenes, honestly, we could do without finding out about it because most of them are assholes. Yeah. Now well, you can I, take. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say, and I kind of wish they'd keep their political comments to themselves too. Just yes. because you have notoriety doesn't mean you have intelligence. The two are not, you know, walk hand in hand all the time. So. Mm-hmm. But now, a good example of a show that did translate well in the concept, The Office. I've seen both of them, and they're both good shows. They're not mm-hmm. my favorite, but they're both good shows. The UK version and the American version are both good. Um, but they, they did enough to it to make it work. Again, the concepts will come across, but when you try to do a dead copy, like, can you imagine, the, no offense, the Big Bang Theory in Sydney? It would be horrible. You just couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, as much as we love Leonard and Penny and and Sheldon and uh, and everybody, it just it doesn't work well. It would not translate over well. So. No, I, I just hope they don't screw up the Big Bang Theory like they did Two and a Half Men. Uh, you don't want to see Leonard or uh, Raj and uh, uh, Wallowitz get uh, married? Oh, look, you know, that doesn't fuss me in the least. It's bringing in a new character to take over the lead role because the old character got drunk and was a, a, a damn prick. <laughs> that, 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 that's where they should, yeah, and, and not only drunk but drugged off his brain. But that, that, that's where they should say, right, okay, We'll kill him off, and then we'll do a couple of episodes, and then we'll end the series, and just leave it at that. Because, look, as much as good as Ashton Kutcher can be in acting, he's also very typecast, which is not good. Uh, but predominantly, he's a different style of actor, and it just it, it became contrived, and it was just extending it for the sake of extending it versus extending it for the value of the entertainment that it offered. So I, I just hope that they realize when Big Bang has done its, run its, its time, run its course, that they leave it. Because sometimes you can go too far. Yeah. You don't you don't want to see it, as they said with Happy Days, jump the shark. I mean, that's where yeah. the phrase came from. You don't want to see Big Bang Theory. And, you know, as bad as we talked about season six of Big Bang was... The, uh, it did come back and, and get better. I would admit that. This last season has been very good. Seven was good um, and eight's better. So. Eight, eight's better. So they are really working hard on that. But still at the same time, it's coming up to almost a decade. That's a lot of the the, the, the sort of character dynamics. I mean, we know the Sheldonisms off by heart now. We know the Leonardisms off by heart. We We need to see Leonard and Penny sort of move into their own kind of fold and 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 see what happens there. And we need to see what happens with Sheldon and, and Amy. And honestly, I, I think Sheldon and Amy could be their own sitcom on their own because they're both 
extremely funny characters. Oh, did you know that uh, the the woman who played uh, Wallowitz's mother passed away too? Yes, yeah, and they just did a tribute to. They've done two shows to tribute to her. Uh, they did this one this past week where they have a tribute to her. Where all and spoiler for anybody that hadn't watched the episode. I haven't seen it, Kevin. Shut up. You must be talking while. And then Penny takes out her. Give me the thumbs up. Give me the thumbs up when you're finished. good. And you really believe Wallace could do that? Thumbs up again. Thumbs down. Oh, jeez. Okay. But it was. It was a good episode. It was a very nice episode. They did a good job with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it would be interesting. You know what was really interesting? Yeah, I knew she passed away. What was really interesting, I caught a YouTube video. Uh, I've been watching way too much YouTube lately anyway, but that's because the regular television yeah. sucks. Um, but they had a behind-the-scenes thing. Mayim, I think that's how you say it, Mylam Balik, Balik, however right. you say yeah, the, the lady that plays uh, Amy Farrah Fowler. She's uh she actually is a scientist. Yeah. She has a degree. I didn't realize she was actually a scientist besides mm-hmm. being an actress. Mm-hmm. And then what's really funny is to hear oh crap, I can't think of her real name. The girl that plays Bernadette when she talks in her regular voice, not the Bernadette oh, character. It's yeah. it's very mellow, very cuz the Bernadette voice is kind of that that squeaky annoying you know that that kind of voice. It's 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 really bad, but uh, you, know, you get these little insights behind it. But I enjoy uh, Sheldon and Amy Farrah Fowler, uh, the characters. There, I think you're right. They probably could spin off and do their own little show, but you'd have to be very careful in how you wrote that so it stayed true to the characters and not just a it's, contrived storyline. Yeah, oh, look, I I agree. I, I just think that there's much more depth to the the Sheldon character, much more depth to the Amy character, whereas the others are, are pretty much flushed out. I mean, Wallowitz is married off. Uh, Raj is clearly, a, you know, gay or at least bisexual. So you know, he'll he'll be going backwards and forwards. And and his his little love life. I mean, the girlfriend that he had for a while, she's not back on the show at the moment. It's like, okay, what's oh, happening yeah, there? Yeah, he's got. Oh, yeah, no, spoilers, Kevin. No, I'm just We're telling you. Australia. We're behind the times in this godforsaken bloody ass end of the world. No, no, I'm not spoiling it. She's back on season eight. She's been there all through season eight, off and on. Often, yeah, off and on. I, I haven't seen her for a few episodes. They, they, haven't, um, they haven't been a lot of focus on that dynamic, but right, she, right, yeah, right. that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it, but, it, um, It's been a very... It's so boring now. In fact, the, the dynamic between... Uh, Penny and Sheldon is, is much more entertaining than Penny and Leonard. There's just no story there. It's like, okay, Geek gets the, the gorgeous girl and, and come on, marry him off and, you know, be done with that story now and send them out to the, the suburbs and uh, to live. You know, it's it, it's like uh, they just they really need to focus on, on the future of the show and it would be interesting to see where they take it. Yeah, it would be. It really would be. Um well, I think we've been going at it for quite a while, guys. Uh, unless you guys had something else you want to bring up, I think we might have hit a good place where we can... We missed steam. Oh, we were steam. We ran out of steam, but Mike has <laughs> some steam to vent. We can let him <laughs> vent his steam. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll, um, I'll try to make it quick because people no, are no, probably tired of Okay. Um, I had 
Steam was having a sale this weekend on Ubisoft games, so I picked yep. up three of them. And one, um, I'm going to try the, I haven't really done a lot of the first-person shooter ones, so I thought I would try those. So I bought uh, Far Cry 3 nice. and Assassin's Creed 3. Um, Assassin's Creed. And Assassin's Creed 3, you're going to love, Mike, because it's all American history. Right. And the thing was, they were on sale 75% off. So I got Assassin's Creed, I think, with three uh, DLCs for about $12. And I got um, Far Cry, I think, for about $5. And then a game that I played in the past that I've kind of gotten away from, um, Heroes of Might and Magic. Uh, Oh, I haven't seen that one for ages. That's a good one, though. Yeah, I do, and I, I liked it in the past, and I've gotten quite a few of them, so I saw it there, and that was four bucks. But this is where my my vent on Steam <coughs> came uh, comes in. Uh, I downloaded these are all Ubisoft games, so I downloaded the uh, Heroes of Might and Magic, and it took me a while to download it. That was nobody's fault in particular. I suppose they're getting hammered with a sale like that. But anyway, so it took me a while to download it, and then I go to run it. And I go through the whole process, and then this Ubisoft uh, launcher comes up for launching their program. And uh, it was either create account or, you know, log in. And I forgot, I, had, I guess I must have created an account a while ago. Anyway, so I'm trying to log in, and the launcher keeps crashing on me. Ooh. And, yeah, and then I went back, and I went to the site, and I finally uh, reset my password and did all that. So then I was just trying to log in, and it just kept repeatedly uh, crashing on me. So finally, I did a little Googling and all this other stuff, and I went to the Ubisoft site and downloaded uh, the launcher from there and ran it. And now it, it seems to be working. But And I realized, I, getting these games for 75% off, perhaps I shouldn't whine too much, but you are still buying a product. And you do yeah. expect it to behave itself. A certain even, level of quality. Yes, and even... People who have paid full price, I would imagine, have still had the same problem with it. Mm-hmm. And so there should be something, um, you know, that seems like that should be addressed, that somebody should realize that their software is out of date or something and fix it and not, I shouldn't have to go to the site and, you know, Google and go to the site and download something and run it um, and do that just to make it work. That was little frustrating and you know people less tech savvy than me would you know throw up their hands and you know yeah. have a fit or something but uh, that i did find frustrating and i that's not steam's fault i'm putting this at ub's feet um because uh, ubisoft it was their is bad with their drm they've been bad right. with it for years they haven't really got much better even though the public is demanding uh things to be better it's just it's so locked down um like Every time I, I boot up Assassin's Creed, it's like, oh, log in to, to the Ubisoft network. And it's like, I just, I go, no, I don't want to, to log in. But, of course, if you're doing things online or if you want to do multiplayer on that, then you've got to, you right. know, be part of that network. It's just, really, I, I find that the Ubisoft network is a way for them to promote new games and, and keep you in their fold and, and keep you buying more stuff from from them. And look, I think Ubisoft is a, a brilliant um, game studio. They produce some really great titles, and certainly um, Assassin's Creed is one of my favourite. Far Cry is awesome, literally awesome. I've always enjoyed Far Cry, every single uh, edition of it. Um, but they they do have problems. They do pump out almost beta software and services at well, times. I- at time, and I was trying to remember. I thought there was some, and uh, there was something about them being hacked nearly two years ago in like June or something like that. But I thought there was also something that 
maybe it was tied to the hack. They released a game. Their servers got hammered. I know SimCity had that problem. That's not Ubisoft. Um, uh, but I, that was, I remember that one. Yeah, and the servers went down so badly that no one could play the game. And I'm trying right. to remember what it was. It wasn't Assassin's Creed. It was, um, uh, I'm a slicker. I, I know what it is. I can see it in my right. mind, but I, I can't remember the name of it. Um, um, but yeah, I, I remember that. That was maybe about four years ago now. I think Micah was. Um, well, I was still well, working in the games industry okay. um, because I remember that we had Hell's Own trouble with returns and and everything because they wouldn't credit us. Um, I, I honestly can't remember what the game was, but it was really bad. But if you go on Wikipedia, right. Ubisoft, it'll be up there because it was a massive, massive issue for them. Yeah, well, and. When it was one of their games that I think uh, I think the deal was at the time, and now everyone's doing it. You couldn't even play the game offline. I think you had to log yes. in, no matter even if uh, I can't remember yeah. if it was persistent or if you had to do it to, uh, each time you started you, the game. Yeah, no, you you had to it had to be connected con- consistently because it, it it did a handshake between their servers to ensure that it was a legitimate copy. It was right. their version of DRM. And because I remember when I was looking at the specs on the back of one of their cartons around that time that said that you've got to have at least a dial-up modem uh, to play the game, and that was one of the uh, prerequisites. So mm-hmm. they definitely had a lot of issues with with you with Uplay and and um, and forcing people to do that stuff. Actually, set, uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed, it was Assassin's Creed okay. Two and Settlers Seven. Because uh, they were the ones that had the, the new DRM uh, built in. Um, so, yeah, it was March 2010, so, yeah, about four years ago. And, yeah, so it sucked. I, I, I remember that. It was just bad. But um, that's Ubisoft for you. I guess they make great games, but then they do stupid shit. <laughs> well, now I have a question for you guys. Um, I'm considering getting a Steam account, maybe one for the house. I don't know. Now my Mac is more than capable of running the Steam stuff, but we've I've got a couple older Windows laptops that what it's running it's got like Windows Seven, uh, two gigs of RAM. Um, okay, this is this was what I'll say. I run Windows Seven on like two thousand nine iMac, and I have PC gaming going on there. Now it's not perfect PC gaming, but on that late two thousand nine iMac running ninety four hundred M. Uh, NVIDIA graphics chip, I can run Halo 1 and 2, Assassin's Creed 1 and 2. I can run most of the Need for Speed and Burnout franchise. You know, you're talking about running them at 720p uh, because they will not run 1080p on on that system. Uh, But they they are more than playable, uh, especially for the kids. You get in frame frame rates above 30 frames, but... You've got to dumb down a lot of the settings too. That's the other problem. Well, now this it. and this machine that I'm talking about that the kids would be using, I think it's like a 1.2 gigahertz Celeron processor with. See, it depends what games though for the right. kids, Kevin. I mean, that, that's right. really the thing. I mean, I'm, I mean I'm, it's above talk, the minimum specs that they recommend. It, it exceeds those, but right. You know, you know what you need to do. Go to a site called. I think it's can I run it or can I play it? I can't remember which one it is. And what it'll do is you can set it up and, and okay, it, it's it got a JavaScript on there. Don't use that. Just download the thin and have it automatic. Yeah, can you run it 
Uh, so it's actually uh, systemrequirementslab.com. And what it'll do is that'll actually, so you put that on the system that you want to install the game on or run the game on, and it'll go through and it'll look at your specs and it will say, yes, you meet the requirements or no, you don't meet the requirements. Or it'll meet some of the requirements, but maybe not all of them. And then you can get a better idea of whether or not it's actually going to play. So I, I use that side a bit. Okay. Um, never, never had any problems. Just don't use the Java code that they use because we all know how safe and secure Java is. Yeah. Um, just <laughs> use the downloadable and, and then um, have, it, have it do it that way. And I haven't had any problems with that. I don't know. Maybe some of the listeners will message us and say, oh, no, it's malware on your system. Um, hopefully not, though. Um, but I, I've never had a problem with that. And that's given me a good gauge as to, okay, yeah, I can definitely run it on this old, late 2009 iMac. And the good thing is, too, is with Steam, they've started doing a lot, a lot of cross-platform um, kind of work recently. So they've got Steam OS, Linux OS, Mac OS, as well as Windows. And many of the games have been ported across to, to play on all these other platforms as well. Uh, so they're porting across games, and you, you're able... I'm able... I've got maybe 30 games I've purchased from Steam. Um over the, the last few years, and about a dozen of them will play on my Mac without skipping a beat. So, yeah, on my MacBook Air, they play beautifully. Some don't. I've got to use the old Windows machine. But it, it just it, it's really handy. And what I love about Steam, and this is why I'm looking at the, the Dell Alienware gaming PC, is it's not like a console where it doesn't have backwards compatibility i mean we were all talking and looking about the possibility of getting an xbox uh, one for ourselves uh, you know a month or two back but the problem i've got is there's a lot of xbox 360 games that i really want i i like that the franchise there or i like those games but of course they're not compatible on the new system there's no backwards compatibility with xbox nor is there with playstation and that's a big thing for me whereas we can go back and i, I was looking at a couple of games like um Red Faction, I love Red Faction 1 and 2, and they're, I think, late 90s games. They're available on Steam at the moment for $1.99 each, and I haven't purchased them, but I should before the sale ends. It ends tonight. Um, but what I'm getting at is you can still play these games that were released, you know, 15, 20 years ago via Steam. So you've got all this backwards compatibility, and the newer systems just play the games better. It doesn't lock you out and say, guess what? You've just spent $1,000 on games that won't play on the next generation system. So if you want those games, you've got to keep that console and keep those games. Very similar to what Xbox did with the original Xbox and 360. They had, they had um, some compatibility for a little bit, but then they dropped that. Well, this time around, they just go, oh, you know what? Everyone was fine the last time, so we'll just dump it. And yeah. I, I don't agree with that. And that's why I want to go back to PC gaming exclusively, uh, except for the, the Nintendo Wii. That does have backwards compatibility, which is awesome. Um, but, yeah, I, I just want to go to PC gaming because I buy it once and I've got it for life. The other thing that I really like about Steam is, as Mike said, they have sales. Yeah, every I, I, single they're weekend, legend, they're legendary they have sales. Sales, and yeah, I mean, seventy-five percent. You can't, you can't get that on on any other platform. And this, look, they're still making money. I mean, I bought uh, Need for Speed Undercover 
on Friday um, for Nicholas because I know that he likes racing games, and that was like $2.49. And it was norm- normally it's $10, so it was 75% off. And he sat most of the weekend playing it. i got to tell you, it's $2.50 that's really good. Yet for the Wii uh, U, I bought him for Easter um, the Lego City Undercover game. And it's out of print. It's a little bit hard to get at the moment now, too, because it was a launch title or around the launch time. But I paid $70 for that game to get it. And on yep. the Nintendo Wii eShop, it's $79.95. And it's like, really? And the level of excitement, even though it's an older game, but the level of excitement is exactly the same. But yeah. it was so much more affordable. And you can have it, I think, Mike, am I correct by saying you can have it on up to, like, five machines or something? I, that yeah, I seems think, right. I think you're right. You can have it well, on multiple machines, the same account. Right. Yeah, it, yeah. the only thing I think you may run into trouble at times is if you want to do LAN multiplayer parties. Mm. I think that can be an issue on the, the one account. Um, but then some of the developers allow you to do it. It just depends if they've modified their code for Steam or not. Yeah, well, now that, I'm not worried about doing that sort of thing. Hey. I'm not. I'm not into land multiplayer games because I don't need you or Tim chatting, uh, kicking my ass because I <laughs> suck at a game so bad. Mike and I might be able to play because his and my reflexes are about the same <laughs> speed. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's well, that. That would. That, I'm not worried about that. I guess this is right. what I'm trying to say. And the other nice thing I like about Steam is you can stream the games. So I could stream a Windows game to my Mac if I want to sit upstairs and be social with my wife. I know it's weird, but I thought I'd try it sometime. But I can stream the game up there. I have I should try it sometime to see what the latency is. And then the other thing I've been thinking, not to extend this uh, discussion too much further, but the one thing I've been thinking about is streaming it to my tablet because I came this close this afternoon again looking at an NVIDIA, NVIDIA Shield uh, tablet, which is an Android tablet. And the nice thing is they got the NVIDIA grid system on there for playing uh, games that you can basically stream from NVIDIA. So that gives you another mm-hmm. option. But then you could also put the... Uh, well, I was even... Uh, I was going to try experimenting here with... I got TeamViewer on a couple of my computers. And I got the TeamViewer app on my... Uh, um, fire tablet and I was going to see uh, next thing I need to do and I've been thinking about getting it anyway is a Bluetooth controller hooking it up to my Android tablet and then see uh, about game playing so I could have a portable gaming system um, to play games with at least in the house yeah. there's another I, way I you can do awesome. it yeah there's another way you can do it you have to spend a little bit more money and then maybe have a cellular plan where you could go anywhere or or you'd have to spend some more money to do a few things but there's a couple different ways you could do it but even if you wanted to be in the house and play a game if the latency wasn't too bad because that's what that uh shield tablet will do is it comes with a an nvidia controller uh you know like uh your your regular console contro- uh, controller, yep. uh, two thumb pads and uh, D pad and all that stuff, and so you can sit there and play games with it. Um, but uh, and you can stream games to it too. But that's got it's got a powerful processor, dual speakers. It's a pretty awesome thing. I'm still halfway thinking about doing it. But to get the 32 it, it gig, it is very nice. Yeah, it, but to get the 32 gig okay. version, you had to get an LTE plan, which was like forty dollars a month. I guess I could maybe get it unlocked, but then that bumps the price it, up. If you, go, bucks. you could, I guess, you could always go just the sixteen gig Wi-Fi only because yeah. you'd be able to. You'd be, yeah, you can Expandable use micro storage. storage, right? 
Oh, yeah. Something Apple doesn't have. Uh, Thank you, competitors. <laughs> yeah, let's, so, not, let's not pick that scab. Well, no. Okay, let, let's put it. It's an eight-inch device, of course, but, but let's put it this way. It's got a micro HDMI output, so you could put it up to your TV screen. That's pretty cool. Uh, micro USB, then, uh, and that's uh, USB 2.0, micro SD card slot. I mean, that's absolutely awesome. It's... Well, and I think if I remember right, it's capable of outputting 4K, I believe. Wow. wow. And, and you know, yeah, because it, it, well, it's got a 2.2 gigahertz ARM processor in it, 2 gigs of RAM, full 1080p display on the it's actual a, screen. It's a pretty yeah, flipping yeah. awesome tablet. Yeah, 4K Ultra HD ready. My God. This is awesome. I know. No, I, 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 I <laughs> well, good. At least it goes the other way too, because I keep wanting to. I was looking at that Surface tablet while you guys are talking. I mean, I want it all. I want a. I want a sugar daddy. Somebody wants to sponsor me. Yeah. I'm just let yeah. me try crap. I hey, I'm your guy. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, that, yeah, we'll that's that's that, that's lovely that you two guys are going to share a sugar daddy. Um, <laughs> that's just. Hey, that. Kevin, would you like to jump? No, thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that sweet, Mark. No. no. Yep. I, I kind of had my doubts, but I thought I'd better ask. I, I'll tell you what, though, the price point starting at two ninety nine for that system isn't bad at all. That, that's a pretty good price. $59, yeah. you can throw a controller on there, Bluetooth controller. It's that's nice. I know. Yeah, and that's it, nice. And it scratches my Android uh, itch. Now, 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 now I don't know whether I want this or whether I want to go and, um, and get the, the actual Alienware because... I mean, I'm just looking at the games that you can get. I mean, we're talking Batman, Arkham Origins, Saints Row 4, Lego Marvel Grid 2, Borderlands. You know, it, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm looking at it going, Darksiders 1 and 2. Oh, that's one of my favorite series. If you guys haven't right. got a chance, Darksiders 1 and 2. And for, 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 for rock and rolling, uh, Brutal Legend. Honestly, check out Brutal Legend. I love it. It is the funniest heavy metal dungeon crawling game adventure game you play as a roadie and it's just look just go go just go to youtube and look up a trailer for it it is funny it what is, is just one mode. brutal legend brutal legend okay i'll have to check that one out you know i i, I have failed the other day that because uh, i bought it like two weeks ago on steam and i played it years ago but i, I played it when i had a playstation 3 but then, and, and I've been playing it on the MacBook Air, and I've got a um, just a generic Xbox 360 controller that I connect to the MacBook Air, and i got to tell you, the port that they did to the Mac, beautiful, fast, fun, and just, it, it, it heats up my MacBook Air. You could cook <laughs> an egg on it. But you know what? It plays, it doesn't skip a beat, I'm super happy. Huh, I'll have to, well, you know, a game, since we're in the gaming thing, and Mike's had his thing, a game that I've seen that I want for the Wii U. Have you seen the Hyrule Warriors, the new Legend of Zelda game? I've seen it. I don't know much about it, though. Oh, man, I watched a demo of it in the game store yesterday, and I was, like, drooling just down the sides of my face watching it. The graphics are amazing, and the physics in it looks super cool. It's making me consider buying my first new Wii U game just for Kevin. In a long, in a long time, <laughs> cause I've been cheap. I've been buying the, the, you know, the used games and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. and this uh, Nvidia hey, tablet. Right. You're so funny. Where you going? 
Yeah. Right. And this NVIDIA tablet, if you've got a, a gaming PC at home with a uh, NVIDIA GeForce, uh, I forget which numbers, cards in it, you can stream to your tablet, I think, any game you can play on your computer, which would be awesome. So I don't have that card, but uh, I don't know. I'm thinking. I got to find where I can buy one of those. Yeah. I want to I wanna at least see them. That That's the thing. I want right. to at least go up and see it. Right. Well, so maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'll try loading it on my uh, Windows Surface Pro, Mark. Yes, Kevin. Eh, yes. <laughs> okay. On that note, folks, I think yep. we, we will wind up the show. We hope you've enjoyed. I know the three of us have had a blast doing it. Um, I think we've entertained you far, far too much or far too little or whatever. But, again, we'll just say... We're sorry. <laughs> so why don't we start with the person to my left uh, and let them know where you can be, Mr. Uh, Greentree? Uh, simply go across to markgreentree.com. And Mr. McPeak, where could somebody find you if they should wish to acquire more of you? That sounds bad. But if they just want to find out what I do or get my opinions or something, I'm on Twitter at DSC Chipman. And if you want to find out the other things I do, I got my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's with twees. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, if you want to find out more about me, you can find me on the Twitters, as they like to say it. B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. You can go to my about.me page at forward slash Kevin Alder. If you want to know more about the show, go over to geekiestshowever.com. We would love a review. And I will let you folks know just before we leave the show that my Surface Pro has been sitting here running the entire time. Uh, I've been keeping it going so the screensaver and stuff didn't kick in. So we've used about 10, maybe 11% of the battery in the amount of time that we've been recording. So not too bad on battery life so far. That's my first real kind of test. So, so let's call it an hour. So, yeah, about 10 hours. Yeah, so it's not Nine, bad. 10 hours. That's without, what without usage. That's, light, that's light, light usage. Light usage. So yeah. it's not too bad. Awesome. So, folks, we've talked a lot. We've badmouthed Apple. We've praised Microsoft. We've yelled at Steam. We've talked about our games. So we hope you've enjoyed it. So thanks, folks. We appreciate it. Thank you for downloading. Uh, and please be sure, between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. This is Private Eye, Macintosh, and I'm here to tell you about a book written about me and my search for the Maltese Cube. Yes, it's a fine book. I think you should get it. Quiet, you. It combines technology, Mac trivia, action, murder, suspense. Oh, just tell them where to get it. I'll get to that. Romance, film noir detective fiction. I can't stand it anymore. It's called The Maltese Cube, and it was written by my Mac writer and podcaster Guy Searle. Find it on Amazon. It's only $2.99 and coming soon to the Apple's iBook store. Don't forget, it's The Maltese Cube and so inexpensive. You know you're not in it, right? I mean, the next one, right? Sure thing, Louie. You know, this could be the start of a beautiful friendship. Get the Maltese Cube on Amazon and soon in the iBook store.